Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to take you along with Charlie Long in studio. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, uh, live from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Wilson Alexander covers the LSU Fighting Tiger football team. Also did a little bit of baseball work, too, since the, uh, uh, the schedule got extended a little bit going to Omaha. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Wilson, a lot of times in these sessions with uh, SEC Media Days, you don't hear a lot of information you don't know before. The one little tidbit was about John Emery today, and I, I was telling this to Charlie. In the spring, I remember Coach talking about the fact that you know he didn't have a lot of depth there, and certainly a lot of it having to do with injuries. Jo- uh, Josh was coming off an injury, Armani Goodwin. Uh, you didn't have Logan Diggs, so it was Noah Kane. You had Trey Holly, and and so it was limited at that running back spot. The good news is it looks as though they're on a path to get Emory back uh, and to add some depth to the lineup and also a speed element and a guy that can catch the football pretty doggone good coming out of the backfield. Well, yeah, absolutely, Mike. Good to be with you all today. That was the one revelation today from Brian Kelly was that John Emory is, in his words, in the process of being cleared. There's still a few things that they have to get through with him, but Brian Kelly. Uh, thinks that John Emery will be with LSU's team at the start of preseason camp, which is um, much more definitive than anything else we had heard from Brian Kelly on John uh, for months. You know, since starting at the preseason practice, saying that um, there were there were there were things that he had to do academically before they could even have conversations about football. And so it seems like John is is doing those things. Whatever LSU had laid out for him has a very very deep running back room going here into 2023 with Logan Diggs coming in. Uh, Josh Williams has been cleared. Um, he's he's good coming off of the, uh, I believe it was a knee injury yeah. um, that limited him at the end of the season and, and kept him out of spring practice. Um, there's still uh, some uncertainty around Armani Goodwin. Brian Kelly used the word hope today um, that he would be able to, um, you know, get back in, in time for preseason practice. But they don't, I don't, you know, they don't know for sure at this point um, as he comes off of a knee injury. And so, even then, though, you've got the freshmen with, you know, Trey Holly and Cale Jackson and, um, and, and just a lot of bodies there to fill up this room. And Emory brings certainly an explosive element uh, to that. Um, but now they've got quite the stable there um, for, to, to fill up that room and really have a lot of guys that they could turn to. Wilson, the other part is along defensive line, getting back Mason Smith. And, uh, man, I've seen him. He, he looks like he's ready to roll. And, you okay, all we got to see, what, five plays from him last year, and then he hurts his knee. And so that's going to be a big addition along defensive line. The one guy, though, I'm intrigued with is Quincy Wiggins. Uh, you know where I live. So Quincy grew up a little north of uh, in La- North Lafouche Parish for a little while before family situation. He moved to Baton Rouge, but he's worked out a lot uh, with uh, Ernest Harvey uh, at Camp Moolah out in Homa. 
And, uh, man, you talk about a guy built for the defensive end spot. He's it. I want to see his growth as a player. One thing you could see had tremendous athletic talent was the technical part of the game, his ability to use his arms and hands. And he's a high-cut player, so you got to be careful they don't low-bridge you. Uh, But Quincy Wiggins is a guy along with Mason. Well, if you can get those two guys rolling, you really got something with Makai Wingo in the middle. Oh, yeah. I mean, this defensive front looks intimidating, especially if Mason Smith is, uh, you know, full go. Because, you know, he's cleared. That's not the question. It's more so first year coming off of an ACL. He's going to have to go and show that he can still be the same player. You know, it sometimes takes guys a year uh, to be that themselves again. Um, and But if he can be, and there's a lot of confidence around LSU that he will be, then this defensive front looks really intimidating. As Brian Kelly said, uh, reiterated today what he has said before about Mason's presence, which is, you know, an inside pass rush that LSU kind of lacked last season. Uh, be able to collapse the pocket from that direction, create one-on-ones for the guys on the edges, maybe a guy like Quincy Wiggins. You know, he's not the first up on the pecking order at that defensive end spot right now. I think that would be Savion Jones. Um, but he's somebody who else he wants to continue to bring along, obviously, because um, he's maybe this you know, second string or, or somebody who can come in and uh, contribute in some way and continue to develop uh, into a really good player um, because you could see, like, yeah, athletically there's just so much to like there with Quincy um, and he, he looks a lot more improved in the spring than he did last season uh, so it seems like he's coming along in a really big way um, how much he plays this year we'll have to see um, just because like because you know he's not that top name on the depth chart um, uh, but he is somebody who they really like it for the future yeah you brought up Savion I got to see him play so much at St. James he's also a guy uh, first look at it when I watched him there was that guy looks like what Daniel Hunter probably looked at when he was in high school. Uh, you know, he's this super fast, super quick guy off the snap. And uh, I think how well he could kind of anchor down against the run uh, went up against a much bigger player, I, I think was the question mark for Savion. But, again, he's another guy in the mix that could really help you. And I think they're going to need that early. Because of and what we've talked about, you and I, a lot, and Coach Kelly talked about it today, all these newcomers at the cornerback position. Oh, gosh, yes, there's so many. Um, and, and Brian, it allows you to get better on third down uh, and get off the field, which was an area that, yeah, they struggled in last year. They were 74th in the country on third down defense. Uh, 39% of the time, you know, their components were converting third downs. Uh, he said that a big piece of that is that these corners – are going to have to step up, and they're going to be a big piece of that, being able to get off the field, cover downfield. You know, we talked to some Texas A&M players today about what is LSU getting in Denver Harris, and they had a lot of great things to say about him. And he's, of course, someone in the mix, you know, a hard worker. Um, it's somebody who they had a lot of respect for as a player um, who could be able to, you know, just put him on one guy and he should lock him down. Um, you know, Denver um, looked pretty raw at times during spring practice, um, and that was kind of the word from sources over on the team, too, that, uh, you know, he was still learning some things, getting used to what, how they did stuff at LSU and just as a player. You know, he was a freshman last year. He really only played half the season. So, um, but he's still in the mix there. And there's, you know, he's Chestnut. We're going to get a great look at him in preseason camp. Um, really interested to see how he is because he's a guy with a lot of experience. Zy Alexander. Um, and then, of course, J.K. Johnson. Um, one of those, some of those guys got to step up at corner. You know, that's, and that's the spot where when Brian Kelly looked at this team, he's like, we still have some weaknesses and some holes on our roster. And cornerback is one of those, the main ones, because LSU had to dip into the transfer portal again. 
Um, it might take a cycle or two. Maybe this team can step up right away, this group. Um, but it, it, it's a, an area of concern heading into the season just because there are so many unknowns. Wilson, uh, I don't know if you got to hear, but Takeo Spikes today on SEC Network started to talk about Harold Perkins and his move from outside linebacker to inside linebacker, really that, that weak side inside linebacker spot, and about how versatile he could be there and how much trouble he gives quarterbacks. Okay, because if I know that guy's coming from one side, uh, I can maybe shift some uh, blocking rotation there to sort of help me get a chip from a tight end or running back. But you put him inside now. He can come from a couple different areas. And uh, his ability to drop back in coverage, man, for an 18-, 19-year-old kid, uh, that surprised me a little bit because – in watching him in high school, he seemed to be, hey, sick him. Go get the guy with the ball. Uh, don't worry about the coverage part of the game. But he really looked comfortable in reverse. And to hear Takeo Spikes say, man, this is going to give teams a lot of trouble, him playing inside, because now you can't shift your blocking patterns to try to take him out. And if you do, then you're leaving a lot of one-on-ones up front. Well, yeah, that's exactly what – it's interesting. I didn't hear Tikeo's uh, comments, but that's exactly what LSU is hoping for here. Um, and what Brian Kelly has been talking about when discussing Harold's move inside is that very same thing, is that you can't predict where he's going to be on every snap. He's not just coming off the edge from one side. And then that also fits into this equation with Mason Smith, is that with Mason coming off, up front, um, teams, you're, if, you, if you double-team one of them, then you're leaving the other one – Oh, you know, in single, you know, man blocking and, and good luck <laughs> trying to, you know, handle either one of those guys with uh, with one player. And so it opens up so many things for LSU defensively to have both of those guys on the field at the same time and to be able to bring Harold from that direction um, and, and put him in so many different places. And it not only helps LSU defensively, but um, ideally it helps Harold because this gives him uh, just to create a more versatile player who can do more things. And when you talk about his career long-term as a pro player, um, that's probably going to be really advantageous. Um, but here in the short term, it helps him continue to develop and, and also could really be a big benefit for LSU season. Yeah, you think about Spikes. He sort of played that position. Patrick Willis, when he came out of Ole Miss and went to the 49ers, he played that spot. Devin White, you know, the exact same sort of situation. So I think it's a good fit. How do you feel about this special teams by committee uh, coaching? Because uh, we get asked about it a lot. Man, I got no clue how that's all going to work out uh, with it. But your thoughts on having different coaches coaching different areas uh, on special teams. One thing for sure, it wasn't a strength fail issue last year. No, he came up with some pretty clutch kicks for him, and uh, I would have bet a lot against that. But um, your thoughts on the special teams work and this special teams coaching by committee? It's a, it's an interesting approach. I mean, it's not necessarily new. There are certainly other teams that have kind of done this, but um, it, it could work, and we'll just kind of have to see if it does. Um, you know, why, the reason I say maybe it could work is because they're putting coaches in, giving them roles, that they're kind of naturally suited for. Like, for example, on the field goal team, every single field goal, um, uh, you know, people, person on the line, you know, the, the linemen there, um, there's also, of course, tight ends and stuff, are getting all coached up by Brad Davis because they're blocking. And that's like his forte as the offensive line coach. 
Um, and so when you have stuff like that going on, maybe it could, you know, really work. Um, we'll have to see, uh, just sort of let it play out. Um, and the other thing about it is, you know, those, so they're coaching them in, on those sort of specific techniques with special teams, but schematically everything's coming from analyst Lester Erb. Um, he's their special teams analyst, and he's the one who's still in charge of that. He was on the team last year, um, and schematically Kelly really liked what LSU did, and it was more about execution. And so if the scheme stayed the same but the execution improves, then LSU will probably be in a decent spot um, on special teams. And so we'll just have to see if these coaches can actually make that come together. Um, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for now um, and, and see how it plays out. Um, and, you know, we'll find out pretty quickly uh, if it's working or not. Yeah, Wilson, uh, Coach Kelly's made a lot more right decisions than wrong ones, so I'm willing to give him uh, that, that call on, on special teams. But it's interesting, uh, and I, well, as you said, it's correct. We've seen other teams do it, but, uh, man, um, how they miss Greg McMahon. I, I think that was a big loss, and now Greg's at Tulane uh, coaching special teams. But Greg McMahon, he's one of the best special teams uh, coaches around, and uh, uh, I know he was going to retire, but he was like me. You know? i got to come back after a while. Charlie? Yeah, Wilson, I, I wanted to ask, because Mike and I were talking earlier about how in the new transfer portal era of you know college athletics, there's no real offseason for college sports. Like We keep talking about these guys that get added to different rosters and move from school to school. With this upcoming season, I think that the kind of name that sticks out as far as the transfer portal, I, I know that you kind of mentioned sort of a patchwork in the defensive backfield with a bunch of transfers coming in there, but I think the guy that I think we all expect to kind of make the biggest impact as far as transfers is linebacker Omar Spates from Oregon State. I want to get your thoughts on him and what kind of an impact he can have in his senior season with LSU. Upstairs here, before LSU got started today, I was talking with Makai Wingo, and he brought up Omar Spates, and just Makai just smiled like before he even like said much about him because he thinks so highly of Omar and what he is bringing to this team. Um, he's a rangy linebacker who can play in the box. He can cover guys out in the slot. He's got so much experience. And Makai said that you know he's just emerged as a leader on this team already, even though he's only been here for a few months. Uh, he's got this you know a wealth of experience, having been a four-year starter at, at Oregon State, and he. But doesn't he's not a really vocal, talkative guy. We talked to him once during the spring, and he got the same sort of impression. And from talking to players, they said the same thing. But he leads by example and provides such a good example for everybody else on this team. And it's interesting, you know, in college football these days, transfers can come in and have that kind of quick impact, um, both on the field, but also just within the locker room um, because it's become so much more common. And Omar is one of those guys who they're really expecting to – uh, do a lot for this team, both on the field and just culturally in the locker room, keeping guys you know on track um, because he has played so much college football and he's got this. They all say has a really good head on his shoulders, and so he's a massive addition to this team, especially because of the hole that they had at inside linebacker um, coming into the year. He's bigger than you might think too. Um, you know, he seems like he's got the size to play right there in the middle, and so that's probably the most important transfer that LSU signed after losing to Mario Tolan to Auburn in particular, they needed an inside linebacker, and Omar fills that void. Wilson was interesting. I was talking to a Pac-12 uh, offensive coordinator, and he told me, man, I'm sure glad he's out of here. Uh, I've seen enough of Omar Spates. And he said how physical he is. He said every hit, uh, you know, when you're down there on a six-car collision with somebody, he said that's how physical he is, but he said it's amazing uh, for his physicality, how well he can run east and west. 
He said he's really rangy uh, for a guy that is more known for his physicality on an Oregon State team that, man, if you went up against them, you better bring your lunch. It's an all-day affair. Oregon State was really, really tough on the defensive side to football. Yeah, they really were last year. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head right now, but they were a great defensive football team, and Omar was a huge piece of that. Um, a guy who started since his freshman year, and um, he's just played a ton of football. He, I think, led the team in tackles last year. He's, you know, first-team All-Pac-12. So, of course, one of those offensive coordinators out there doesn't want to play him anymore. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I think I think he's part of a list that doesn't want to see any um, Omar Spates anymore unless they play in Final Four type Body's down here. <laughs> yeah. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us. I know you got continual coverage from Nashville as uh, Brian Kelly was first up to bat. But, uh, man, this takes us all the way up until Thursday, right? Is Kiffin the last one to talk? Uh, he's on the last day. I don't know if he's actually the last coach to talk, but if he is, it's a great person to bring up the roof. <laughs> Man, that's what I was fixing to say. They they kept it there, knowing that Lane's entertaining uh, in his own way. Uh, and if anybody's going to say something out of the ordinary, I knew it wasn't going to be Jimbo or Brian. It's not going to be Nick. Uh, most likely it'll be Lane. Yeah, well, we'll see. I hope we, you know, there is certainly a void here without Mike Leach, who is oh, yeah. presence is being felt in, in so many ways. And um, Greg Sankey didn't wear a tie today in remembrance of Mike Leach, who didn't like ties. And they, you know, he was such an entertainment, uh, brought such an entertainment value to SEC Media Days. And so in so many ways, his presence is being felt here, and, and that's one of them. And uh, I'd be interested to hear what Lane says because I would imagine that he would have something to say about Mike Leach as well, and, and maybe he can provide some of that entertainment. I know um, what the first question is going to be. Who's going to be your starting quarterback? I can <laughs> guess that one real quick. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Always informative, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great night. All righty. Wilson covers LSU baseball for the Advocate and Times Picayune. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 